Hello everybody, welcome to the NC Real Estate Podcast. We are so, 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 so happy that you're over here. This week we've been having a bit of a finance week at NC Real Estate. Everything we've been putting out is all about finance. We put out a blog on Friday about it. We've been chatting about it with our clients. We put out the YouTube video, which you've all asked us questions on. So here is our finance podcast as well. So Lorenzo's got loads and loads of questions and we love answering everything that you've been sending us over and I'm sure they're pretty juicy. Am I right, Lorenzo? They're pretty juicy, yes. <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, your video, The Ultimate Reality of Getting Finance, um, I think really gets to the crux of you know, the practical side, you know, aside from your dreams and your goals. And now it's actually the doing and the documents and the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of info out there that says, ah, oh, just go and buy a property, refurbish it and remortgage it immediately. And uh, that sounds a bit like a dream. And it actually probably is a bit, <laughs> um, a bit of a dream. Let's talk now about some of the possi uh, possible limitations or restrictions that there are to buying a property and earning off it immediately. So the first question that came up was, um, where is a good place to start? So unless you have a big wad of cash under your bed, your first concern would be to find an investor who is head over heels about a deal you found. Mm -hmm. From your side, as you mentioned, you have a long list of possible investors um, you can go to at any given time from mortgage brokers to people in banks that are looking to invest in your limited company and even to private investors. What about if someone is just starting out and they don't really know who to go to to present their deal? Where is a good place to start? Okay, so if you're just starting out, actually, let's let's backtrack a bit. Let's do some remembering. I've been in the property industry for seven years. so I've been building up my contacts for a long, long time investors are out there and they are willing to lend to you but the high net worth investors don't just jump out of the woodwork you have to build relationships with people you've got to get out there you've got to be talking to people so if you're just getting started and you're like oh my gosh i do not have anybody who's going to lend to me that large amount of money to buy a property don't worry i know you see it all over like facebook groups all over networking events all over kind of different places seminars books what have you that you know there's so many people out there who you can just rock up to tell them you've got a deal and they lend to you it doesn't really work like that anymore unfortunately you have to build a relationship because investors aren't going to be lending to you unless you've got that good relationship and they trust you so that's just kind of to try and make you feel all right about that if you're jumping in and you haven't got investors with huge wadges of cash, cash sitting around then it's not the end of the world because actually your starting point would be a mortgage broker and finding a mortgage broker who you really get on with that you can go to you can ask advice from and you can tell them what you're looking to do and that's the that's the biggest thing. You need to find a mortgage broker who will help you along with your journey. And I've got a mortgage broker who completely gets me. Like every single time I get in contact with him, he's probably like, here we go, another one of her deals. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows what I'm trying to get from my portfolio. And it, it takes me a, a long time to go and find someone that I trust and find someone who I can build relationships with and who also every single time I present them with a deal will give me the honest answer about whether I'll get good lending on it or whether I won't get very you know good interest rates on it and it, it might be a bit of a struggle to go through so you need to find someone like that too and the good news is that actually mortgage brokers when you first go and find them for advice 
they are free to just go and ask advice from. They're not going to have you in the office sitting down on an hourly rate. They are just going to want to talk to you. And if you build a relationship with them and you like them, then why not use them? It's as simple as that. And I think if you're looking to get started, go straight to a mortgage broker. And then they can introduce you to more of the bridging lenders and maybe some private finances for hedge funds and what have you. They can do that because they should have the contacts. So definitely start by going to a mortgage broker. Okay, that's a good place to start. I got it. Um, okay, so let's say then you, you're a little bit down the road and you've been doing this for a couple of months or even a few years. Once you have built up a network of possible investors and you start presenting deals to them, you may soon start to realize that deals aren't for everybody. Yeah. I think that was the, the kind of the main gist of your video um, from last week. So investors are met with so many deals from all over the place that, you know, you mentioned that, that in some ways they are forced to use their gut feel or their personal preferences, mm -hmm. which are exceedingly specific to make a decision. Um, what is a possible way to get the most out of an investor? What I mean is that certain investors will prefer certain neighborhoods, specific kinds of properties. Do you think it's viable to find an investor first, knowing where and what they like investing in, and then finding a property to match? Would that, would that work? I think you've got to do a bit of both, actually. I think you've got to be talking to investors, and every time you go networking or every time you meet property people, you need to be asking them, are you like what are you investing in at the moment and really getting involved with them finding out what they do what they want what they're looking for where their comfort zone is what they actually just wouldn't look at and with investors that's something really important that you need to do but you also need to be having your nose to the ground and finding some real interesting deals some real good deals that you can also present to them because when you're talking to an investor they're also going to say to you, well, what do you do? What have you got on your books at the moment? And you can be like, well, actually, I'm looking at this deal in Manchester or I'm looking at this deal in Portsmouth or whatever it is that you're doing. And you can give them the figures for that as well. And actually having that, they might go, oh, I might actually be interested in getting involved in that, in which case you may have found your match. But it's very you can't do it one-sided, I don't think. I think you have to be doing it as a two-pronged approach. And also it means that for you, you can continue looking for deals. And if you can't find an investor, you can get a more, but you can get a mortgage on it, then go to a mortgage lender. So it's a kind of a chicken and egg scenario, really, that, you know, what comes first? Well, really neither. You just have to go out there, speak to investors yes. and go and find deals and do both of it with a real open mind. Mm. I, just from what you've been saying, just to kind of make a little metaphor, um, I can almost imagine a, a group of people waiting for the right song to play. And yeah. uh, you know, when the right song plays, then two people stand up and it's their song and then they, they dance together. And it's really just about that, that moment where people find a match yeah. and they're like, OK, this is it. Let's do it. Um, yes. But I think, you know, that can potentially take a lot of time and a lot of uh, research and a lot of finding the right person, which is not always, um, which is not always easy. No, it's not. But you also have to understand that you wouldn't invest in everything either. Like as an investor, I wouldn't invest in everything. And what I might invest in, you might not invest in and vice versa. And you've got to be kind of open to that. Everybody has their opinions on things. And even if you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best deal ever. You're going to be getting these huge returns, blah, blah, blah. Someone else might be like, well, yeah, all right, whatever you say, but it's not for me. And mm -hmm. you've just got to accept that as well, being on the investment journey. You can't force people's hands. And actually that will irritate them a lot. So you've just got to 
you've got to be looking for the deals. You've got to be open to the fact that you know, and certain invest you you need to find certain investors for certain deals, and that's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, moving on. You mentioned that you spent the the past week looking into a property in Nottingham that will be turned into an HMO. Am I correct in saying that an HMO is a house in multiple occupation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, um, could you explain briefly what that is and what what benefits would you see in buying a property that can be turned into an HMO right now in the UK? Okay, so H- HMO, House and Multiple Occupation, there is so much information out there about it. And from my point of view, and, you know, people can will probably be like, no, she's wrong, she's wrong. From my point of view, HMO is any property which has three or more individuals renting single rooms on single ASTs so that is a HMO it's a house of multiple occupation now I know some people's definitions of it's got to be five bedrooms over three stories or what have you but let me tell you this councils have different rules and regulations for it in every single different council so please don't listen to one standard if you are renting to more than three individuals Go and speak mm. to the council and see if you need to get a HMO license. But the benefit for me in the one in Nottingham is the fact that actually each of the rooms are huge. We can get a bed in there. We can get a sofa in there. We can get a table in there. Like these are huge, huge bedrooms. We've got enough parking for five cars outside. We've got enough living space that actually if they did want to use the kitchen and the living room or the garden there's enough room to get privacy in there as well so actually this works really well as a as a HMO because it can be turned into those five bed bed sit scenario and that's great Um, and also there's a demand in that area for that type of HMO and that's why I'm going to put a HMO up there it means that I'll get higher cash flow because obviously you're renting out individual rooms um, on individual rent so we'd get higher cash flow but it doesn't work everywhere and it's not something that I have as like a hundred percent guaranteed scheme I don't do everything HMOs like this would actually be my first HMO as much as I do it for other landlords and clients and I've always managed HMOs and help people look after that for me it doesn't always necessarily work because of the intensity of the management um because also it's a lot it's a lot of management and I've got a lot of clients that I love and I want to look after them as well so it's really that toss-up do I bring on board a a property that is actually going to take me a little bit more time to manage or do we look after our clients a lot better and I think it's always a case of we need to be looking after our clients as well but it's good to have a HMO in the portfolio this seems to work really well for our strategy so we're going to go for it okay and then just to to link onto that um somebody was asking about the uh they posted um about the article four um could you go into a little bit uh more detail about your reaction which i think you know the person who was asking the question just kind of thought you brushed it off and uh what could be the possible objections to buying a property now with regards to this article okay so article Article 4 is something that local councils can put in and it's a restriction across their towns and across certain areas to stop houses of, new houses of multiple occupation being developed. And there's quite a few restrictions out there and around. So you have to either be tactical and be buying HMOs off of current landlords in Article 4 areas who, that have already got the HMO status. So you can do mm-hmm. that. Or if you want to buy a brand new HMO, you've got to do it outside of these Article 4 restricted zones. So Article 4 restriction is just literally restricting 
the fact that HMO, new HMOs can be built in an area. Okay, okay, got it. Um, okay, so I just want to stop right here and say congratulations on finding an investor to fund your property deal in Nottingham. Um, how much do you think uh, it was, you know, just plain confidence in your deal and perseverance, knowing that it was a great investment as opposed to just, you know, kind of luck of the draw, for <laughs> lack of a better word? Um, oh, so carry on. No, 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 I just, uh, yeah, so really the question is, um, what is the, the, you know, the process? How many people would you have to go through to then realize um, that you need to let something go or, you know, you got, you got the deal because, um, because of your confidence um, and perseverance, um, you know, in this whole idea? Okay, so, sorry, I jumped in a little bit too soon there, but let me... Uh let me go through this because it's a good question and you know what sometimes you might not need to go through lots of lenders you might find a lender on your first go um but actually you have to be very very confident in your deal and that your deal works you cannot be selling to lenders and investors a deal that really doesn't stack up or really scrapes over the line because number one why would you bother if it's real risky that you might not even get the money back out to repay your lenders? And two, they are not going to lend to you if there is, they don't see a hope of getting their money back. It's as simple as mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. When you're going to lenders, you have to be really, really secure in the fact that actually you can get them their money back and you can also make something from it as well. And to be fair, yes. the more money you're making, the safer it is for them, to be fair, because there's going to be a lot more of a profit that... Uh, you know, there's that more of that contingency in the profit. Um, so you have to, you have to analyze your deals well. You have to be really certain on it. Um, you have to make sure that you know what yields you're going to be able to get, what your net cash flow is, mm -hmm. your gross cash flow. You've got to be sure that you know what end value is, so your gross development value or GDV. You've got to be really, really sure that you've got the money in place to um, buy the property as well. I know there's so many people like, no, cash down, you can get 100% lending. And you can get 100% on some things, but you are going to have to pay purchasing costs of buying the property. So that's stamp duty, legal fees, mortgage broker fees, any surveillance uh -huh. fees. <laughs> so there's still a lot of fees out there that you need to show that yes. you've got money in your bank for. Um, yes. And they are going to ask you all of these questions. And you need to be certain that this deal works and that you can make it work and that you've got the experience to make it work. And this is a lot of what we cover with our clients as well and our programs. We make sure that they've got all the knowledge so that when it comes to funding, they know that when they analyze a deal, they can go to their lender and be like, yeah, I've got this deal and this is all the information that goes with it and I'm positive that I'm gonna make a success of it. And that's the first thing, having all of that background information and then going to lenders and being like, 100% confident that this deal works for you. And look, if it doesn't work on the first attempt, you know, for a first lender, um, keep going. Because if you're certain this deal works out, you're certain it works for you, then actually do keep going. And let me tell you this, even mortgage lenders, who everybody's like, yeah, you just go to a mortgage lender and they'll lend to you. Even mortgage lenders, sometimes you have to go through a couple before you get the right one for you. I, I remember on one of my properties we first went to um i think we first went to uh leeds 
and we wanted them to come and lend to us and it was a real good deal they came over and they had to look at it and they were like actually no we're not going to lend to you because your property is like four stories up or whatever it was they had some excuse and then we went to another lender and again this time I think it was a mortgage works and they did they had a reason not to lend to me and this was a remortgage by the way this wasn't even like first mortgage this was me remortgaging my property and finally we went to Birmingham Midshires and Birmingham Midshires were like yeah okay we'll lend to you I had paid three lots of survey fees by this point and I was beginning to lose my patience because I was like what it's just a remortgage (laughs) yeah I've already had a mortgage on it like what's going on and my broker as well was like I was sure these people would lend to you and I was like yeah we've done all our due diligence we've given them all the information that we needed and they were really really good rates and I must admit the only lesson that I learned from that was that I was a little bit blindsided by the good rates I should have just gone with the preferred lender who liked lending on that sort of property rather than a lender who maybe was a bit kind of hit or miss on it. They may not have liked lending on like a four-story property. I don't know. But mm-hmm. that's the only lesson I learned. But I'm just saying that it's not even investors that you have to go to. Sometimes you have to go through different banks and mortgage lenders as well. Like it can get as pernickety as that. But if you know you've got something good and you know you've got a good deal. By the way, that property that I did that remortgage on, I ended up getting £90,000 out of. So it wasn't like worth sneering at. It was just like you had to... Mm-hmm. You have to keep going. So that's, if you know you've got a good deal, you know you're onto something, you know it works, be confident in it and keep going all the way up until the point that actually you do do the deal. And there'll be someone out there that matches with you. You've just got to know that it works. And if for any reason people are turning you down, get feedback on it. Like find out exactly why they're turning you down. For the one, for the example that I just said, they turned me down because of the story that my property was on. And I mean, I can't do anything about that. So, you know, I still knew it was a good deal. I just couldn't do anything about that. I wish I could move it down a couple of floors, but you just can't. And <laughs> so, so find out the feedback. And if an investor or a lender is saying to you, the deal doesn't work, we're not lending you on that, on that, that's the red flag to go back to the drawing board and spend a little bit of time looking at it. But if they don't say that, keep persevering because if you've got a good deal, someone will lend to you on it. Okay. All right. Great. And then just to go back to, you know, when you actually go to the mortgage broker, you go to an investor. Um, on Friday last week, you put up a blog uh about the kinds of questions that that you might, you know, that uh, yeah. whatever might actually um, ask. And it is quite a heavy going list. Uh, <laughs> daunting, I think, for a lot of people. Um, but I mean, you know, it's, it's about a two way street, really. It's a, you know, it's trust um, from, you know, are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to do your research and make sure, you know, the lender wants to make sure that you're serious about it. So that blog is definitely worth a read. Oh, yes, for um, sure. Like, Mm -hmm. go over there everybody go over there and read it because these those are the type of questions that you are going to be asked when you're getting finance and it's a huge list and I say to you there is loads of finance options out there there is loads of finance options out there 
but you have to do the work to get it because they want to see that you're a good investor. So they are going to be asking you for huge amounts of things. So I want you to read that blog. It's on www.ncrealestate.co.uk. And I want you to just go through the list so that you're not surprised when your lender goes, and I want this and this and this. At least you know what they're expecting. You start planning for it before you go to lending. And look, if they don't ask you for all of that, then actually you're super prepared. You know the deal really works. You've got all the information anyway fabulous like look at you pro investor but don't get shocked if they ask you this and you're unprepared and the problem is it looks really really bad if you don't have this information you're unprepared and then you're going to them oh I didn't know I needed that (laughs) because they're gonna go why like surely you're not a good investor if like you don't even know this information so please make sure that you're going over there you're having a look at what they need and you're prepared for those questions that's what I can say yeah, and I think once you've done it the first time, um, you know, the more you do it, the more kind of deals you find. I think it must get easier. I mean, obviously yeah. the information's different each time, but you've got a process and, you know, I think it's really just that first time that's, um, yeah, and you, you know, depends on how much you really want it, really. Exactly, and then you've got a template in place and just keep going through it. Like, literally just keep yeah. going through it. And at least then you've got that pack that you can send out first time. And if they want any more information, they're going to ask. But also, they're going to be impressed with the fact that you've already come prepared. Yes, exactly. Go and read the blog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, and from your side, anything else? Um, I think I'm done with my questions on the side for this week. Um, I think that's it. I think you go out there and get prepared, everybody, for finance. Because as I have just said, there are loads and loads of options. There's loads of places you can go for finance. But look, sometimes you're just going to have to suck it and see. Go out there and ask people if they want to lend to you. And if they're not, move on. You know, if you've got an awesome deal, own it. Because actually, you're also going to have to move pretty quickly so that someone else doesn't come and snap it up as well, unless you've got exclusivity on it. But make sure that you are analysing the deal correctly. You've got all the key facts and figures so that you can go out there and you can ask people for lending. And you can be really confident in the fact that actually you've got a good deal and that they should be lending to you. And that's what you need to do. And that's long and short of it. Um, And that's where I'll end with the finance stuff. But do make sure you're going back. If you're listening to this podcast and you didn't watch the ultimate reality of getting finance, it's on our YouTube channel. Head over there. It's NC Real Estate. Go, 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 go. I think the logo at the the moment, if you're looking at it, you've typed into the search bar and you're having a look for me, is actually a picture of me. Um, So if you don't know what I look like, head on over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk and... There's links on there as well. There's links on our website to everything. If you want to see everything that we do, and we do do a lot, head on over there because we love giving you guys information. That's what we're here to do. And if for any reason you're struggling and you want to keep going with your investment journey and you want to make sure that you become like a real good property investor and you want to know how how to do it sustainably, then we do offer coaching and programs about this. And I know you think, oh, everybody's trying to sell a program. We just want to help you. Like, I'm not here to, you know, give you something that's not realistic. Everything we give you is super realistic. It's stuff that you can take into your portfolio and you can use it for years and years and years and years to come. And guess what? We don't ever leave you because everybody who comes on board with us and becomes one of our clients gets our own personal service and you get access to all of our information for life. We don't ever take it away from you. Every time we update it, 
you get the updates as well. So actually, we're here to support you for as long as you could possibly want it. <laughs> actually, we care so much about our clients and we are here to do a service to you. That is what we are here for. And that is it. It's as simple as. Um, and I think that's us done for today. Um, thank you. Thanks for, for listening, everybody. Yes, thank you for coming over and uh, listening with us and joining in our conversations and asking some awesome questions. If you want to ask us any questions, then email me, Natasha, at ncrealestate.co.uk or email Lorenza, property at ncrealestate.co.uk and we come back to you immediately. So anything you want to ask, get in contact with us and we'll come back to you and answer your questions. And with that, I think that brings us to the end of our podcast. So thank you, Lorenzo, for today. And I'm sure... Yes, thanks a lot. And see you, I hope, to you guys um, listening next week. Yes. Have you guys next week. We'll catch up with you all next week. Have a fabulous week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.